Hey, it's Scott Petrak with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. The games are over, but there's still Browns news, a quarterback discussion to have, and NFL playoff predictions to make. Here to break it all down with me is Dave Chudowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. Chud, how are you? Scott, I'm doing great. Uh, it's good to uh, be in the middle of the playoffs again, as we said last week. Disappointing when I'm talking about the Browns. But, uh, you know, I think watching those games last weekend, you know, you, you, you can walk away from those games and have where the Browns stand. And, you know, we've talked about it. Mine is, you know, you watch Joe Burrow make plays. You know, you watch Josh Allen make plays. We can go over all the quarterbacks that are there. And then you watch, you know, Kyler and, and, you, and you think about the, the teams that don't have elite quarterbacks. We say that all the time, elite, elite, elite. And, and, and that's what the Browns are missing. And again, we'll talk about it here again today. And as we've done all year, the question is, can Baker get back or could he be that guy? And that's just what we don't know. And that's what's frustrating. Yeah, you're 100% right. That point, it really gets driven home probably every year. Um, but this year, especially you watch those games and, you know, you watch Joe Burrow inside your division, do what he's doing. Um, obviously Tom Brady's Tom Brady, but Josh Allen, the game he had really, I mean, you watch the games, those two guys, those are both the Saturday games, right? You watch the back-to-back Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, and then you watch Patrick Mahomes on Sunday and you go, okay, those three guys, or I think they're all younger than Baker. And those are all three guys inside your conference that you're going to have to get past if you want to get to the Super Bowl, and it doesn't mean you can't get there, uh, but it's a harsh reality that says well, you got to figure out a formula then, and the formula should probably include uh, a quarterback that can compete with those guys. Yeah, boy, you called uh, Josh Allen and the Bills, man. I mean, you call, you said blowout. I mean, you said it. You, you, or I don't know if you used the word blowout, but you said yeah. they'd win easily, and they did. Nice yeah. job on that. He, he was he was incredible. Thanks. And we'll get back to the predictions, but I, I went three and three against the spread, but the two games I felt best about were, and it, this isn't bragging. I'm just saying it makes me feel better about my picks is that bills game, right? I really liked them. And then yep. I thought there was no way the Steelers could play with the chiefs. Right. I mean, those are the two games that, you know, if you had to decide which games like your confidence picks, um, those would have been my two games. So at least I felt better about that. Yeah, no doubt. It was, uh, and, I, I feel great about the 49ers pick yeah, because right. I, I, I just had a feeling man with the Cowboys and uh, I love, I love Debo and I love the Niners and, and that was the good one for me. But like you said, we'll get back to all that. I will say though, this weekend, uh, how excited are you oh. when you, when you have two games on uh, Saturday and two games on Sunday and you know, they're all, you know, I, I'd say at least I, they're all great matchups. I, you know, a couple of them are outstanding matchups. And it's the last weekend where you have, you know, this many games. Because after this, think about it. After after this weekend, there's only three more games. Your AFC and NFC title games and the Super Bowl. Yep. This is, to me, this is the best weekend um, of football because you have the four games. And they Agreed. should be they should be high quality. You know, I mean, the championship games are great. But, I, you know, twice as many games. Um, I, I love this weekend of football. And, and I'm excited for all four matchups. And I think the Bills-Chiefs is my favorite matchup. Uh, yeah. But oh, yeah. I, I, but I think all four games has the potential to be really good. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, let's we're going to talk a ton about Baker. And this morning on go, we you know had his, uh, yep. 
And Scott, we're going to talk a ton about Baker Mayfield. Uh, he, you know, had, went on Twitter yesterday and gave his update. We had it on go this morning on channel three and I talked about it there and I can't wait to talk about it with you. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot about that. So before we do that though, I just want to hit the Malik McDowell situation yeah. and uh, your thoughts on that. And uh, that's a troubling situation. No question. Yeah, I guess from a football perspective, let's get out of that out of the way first. Uh, it's unlikely, highly unlikely, that the Browns will re-sign him. Uh, he was an exclusive rights free agent because this was his first year actually playing in the league. So all the Browns had to do was say, we want to keep you. Um, they've obviously not made the decision not to keep him, but something would have to change for the Browns to keep him, right? They would have to learn something. There'd have to be kind of a revelation of how this could possibly happen. Um, and that's separate from the fact that he could go to jail for a long time, right? I mean, there's he's, one of the charges is whatever violence against the police officer. I don't know if, if it's assault or what the actual phrase is. Um, but, you know, so from a football perspective, I, I thought he played pretty well in his first year. Um, you know, he's a second round draft pick in 2016 or 17 of the Seahawks. Um, he'd been out of football, had a brain injury with an ATV accident, spent time in jail. Browns give him a second chance. You know, he started almost every game, started week one. Like, I felt he had a pretty good year. Not a great year, but I thought he had a good year. He's an imposing guy physically. He's like 6'6", 295, which comes into play when you think about that scene in Florida. Um, but you look out on the field, he's like the easiest guy to find on the field because he just stands out, which is tough to do on a football field of professional players, right? But he does. He stands out. He's that big. Um, I thought he did some things in the passing game. I think he had three, three and a half sacks. Um, anyway, it, you know, he was penciled in to be a starter next year. And with Malik Jackson, I think he's 32, was on a one-year deal. He probably leaves. You're going to need two new starters um, from the guys that started this year. And, you know, maybe Jordan Elliott's one of those guys. He's a third-round pick a couple of years ago. Hasn't done much in his two years. Beyond that, you have Tommy Togiai, who's a rookie this year out of Ohio State. Didn't wasn't active until late in the year. Didn't do much. Those are really your only two guys. Sheldon Day's a free agent. Um, you know, he's kind of a journeyman that played in the Browns liked. But, you know, you have a new D-line coach and a new assistant D-line coach because both those guys, Chris Kiffin and Jeremy Garrett, took college jobs. Um, the, the defensive line's going to look different next year, and you're probably going to need two D-tackles. And all of a sudden, that's become – an off-season priority. You know, it probably it was to some degree because you needed to find a starter. But all of a sudden, if you need two guys, um, you know, you can make an argument. It's right up there with, you know, receiver and defensive end. Yeah, certainly. And uh, I believe I saw his lawyer said that, you know, it's possible he could have been drugged. But uh, I guess we'll see how this, you know, plays out um, off the field. But as you mentioned, likely his days with the Browns are uh, over. What, what would you say – is the percentage when an NFL team takes a chance on a guy yeah. where you know there's a troubled past or there's concern about character, you know, that, get, yeah. that gets analyzed all the time. Just in your opinion, what do you think yeah. the percentage is that it goes right or goes wrong? And I'm not just saying him. I'm just right. saying across the board. Man, that's a great question, Chad. Um, obviously, I don't know the answer. If I were going right. to guess, if I were going to guess, I would say, you know, in this degrees, right? If you get caught smoking weed in college, that you know, is that taking a chance on a guy? Um, <laughs> right, right. But you know, if you're talking big issues, um, you know, I mean, I would say, I don't know, twenty percent, maybe. 
you know, I mean, the guys I think of are, you know, Antonio Callaway. John Dorsey took a chance on him. It didn't work. Um, how many times did Josh Gordon not work? Uh, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, Antonio Brown worked in Pittsburgh, but then once his issues became a thing, he hasn't worked, right? He didn't work with the Raiders. He did he, you know, he worked for one year in Tampa, I guess. But look what he look what he just did. Exactly. So I would say that's a not work. Um, you know, I mean, Kareem Hunt seems like a what did work. You know, I mean, he had the one incident with the, you know, the traffic stop in Rocky River, but he hasn't missed any time since then. He's, you know, the Browns rave about how he's been in the building. So there are exceptions. Um, but for the most part, I would argue, and again, I could be wrong on this, but I would argue they don't work out as much as probably the risk, right? The risk reward probably isn't worth it. Um, you know, now the Browns, the risk was low. They could have cut him at any time. McDowell, they got the one year, they got one year out of him and he played well. And maybe they even consider that a win. Um, now, who knows? Who knows how this plays out? It certainly was a disturbing scene. Um, you know, oh you, my God. The, right, the videos that are on TMZ. I mean, he's lying in the middle of the road, completely naked. Um, so obviously he wasn't right. And who knows if that's, uh, you know, like his lawyer said, maybe he was slipped something. Who knows? Um, you know, you flash back to the ATV incident that he had that gave him the brain injury um, early when he was with the Seahawks. Does that have recurring issues, right? We, we just don't know. Um, you know, and he had a similar, it's on some level, incident in Michigan in 2019 at a convenience store where he was tasered and kept going after the police, um, which was even scarier than the one Monday in Florida. Um, so you just don't know, right? You don't know his brain chemistry. You don't know if this was w whatever. So, you know, is there a chance that he could get on the right meds? I don't know. Who knows if he's on meds, right? I don't want to speculate. But I, I guess if you're the Browns, you can't rule it out. But it looks so bad. And I would say there's whatever, a high probability or some probability he winds up back in jail because he was on parole or on probation and you know you charge a police officer um at full speed and you know it just doesn't look good yeah no doubt i think that's a good good take by you good opinion on the percentage i, I was kind of thinking the same thing i mean if you think 10 guys eight out of 10 don't work out to to end up working out I, you know and again that's just we're totally just throwing numbers out there. Sure. But I guess the point of the matter is the point to my question is it usually doesn't work every yeah. once in a while it does. And, 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 and you agree. Yeah. So, so which, which, which makes you I, wonder why an Andrew Barry would stick his neck out. And again, the risk reward was really low. So that probably is a big factor in this, you know, and they did research and they vetted him and what have sure. you. So, you know, there's reasons behind it. Um, and maybe I'm just too conservative in this aspect where my gut is always why, you know, um, and I, you know, I guess the argument is, well, he started whatever, 14 games and played 15. Um, that's why, you know, but then when yeah. this happens, it doesn't look, obviously it doesn't look good for the organization. Ready to move on to Baker. I am. All right. Uh, before we give opinions and, and really break it down, I'm guessing if you're listening to this right now, you know what happened with Baker and what he said and, and how the surgery went, but why don't you just bring everyone up to speed as uh, what went down? Yeah, so he had surgery. What's today? Thursday. We're taping this late Thursday afternoon. So on Wednesday, he had surgery in Los Angeles. Um, the doctor is an orthopedic surgeon. He's the team physician for the Anaheim Ducks of the NHL. Um, so Baker had it. We know he had the torn labrum that he suffered week two. 
that's the only thing that the surgeon had to repair. Uh, I was told by a leak source that, you know, he had the kind of a fractured bone from when it popped out in week six. Um, they did not have to do anything with that. So it was just repairing the labrum, which is good news. Um, Baker posted the video, said, you know, he's, he looked, this is like a first step toward getting back to his true, su true self. Talked about how tough a year it was, thanked people for supporting him, said this is not the end of his story. And then you, the Browns put out a statement saying they expect the whole process to be four to six months fully recovered. Um, they believe he'll be do light throwing in April. He'll be able to participate, the expectation, he'll be able to participate in the offseason program on a limited basis, right? That runs April, May, June. And then expect him to be fully ready to go in training camp. So, you know, that's a good, it's a good timetable. If you're Baker Mayfield, right? It, it gets you back to where you need to be. Maybe it keeps you from throwing as much as you normally would or having, you know, the off-season workouts with some of your teammates, at least early. You know, you could probably do it in late June, July, um, if you wanted to do that heading into training camp. But, you know, it's optimism coming from Baker, coming from his camp, coming from the Browns. So that's a good sign given, you know, the struggles he had this year and everything he went through this year. Yeah. And he said uh, this is going to make him a better person. And, uh, you know, when he gets through this. So here's my take. This is what I said this morning. And I, I didn't fully get I don't have enough time on go in the morning to break it all down. But I, this was my take or how I felt after watching it, Scott. And, and you do these interviews all the time, and you have to decode what people say all the time, right? <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, you're a decoder. I mean, that's what you are. It's, it's like, you know, it's, it, it's so true. You have to sit there and, and find things. My, I walked away after watching that, and I just felt like we, you and I, we've been doing this a long time. How many times, and I know it's a different age now with social media, you can do these type of things. But I mean, I, I mean, I've seen I've I've seen so many athletes have surgeries and go through stuff like this, and you don't even hear boo about it. Yeah. You may, you get a statement from the team saying it was successful, but you know it's not like a player calls a press conference to say, "Hey, we're going to break down how the surgery went." I walked away. I thought that visual, seeing him like that, was so. Uh, I, I walked away just feeling like there was a purpose to it. Like Baker basically without saying it was like, look at me, you know, he's got the a bandage or wrap or whatever you'd call sling, it. Yeah. The sling. Yep. Basically I decoded it as, Hey, listen, I know I sucked last year. Last year sucked, but it wasn't my fault. I was hurt. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty strong take there, Chuck. Um, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I, I think, you know, first of all, I'm glad he did it because we want reaction, right? I wanted reaction. I think fans wanted his reaction to it. Um, I was talking to people for two days trying to see if we we're going to get a statement or word from Baker. Uh, yeah. because obviously, people were interested in that. Um, so I'm glad he did it. You know, there was a lot of, but, you know, and I'm not, this is with no judgment. There's a lot of me in it, right? There was a hard year on me and it wasn't easy on me and my family. Um you know, it's a first up. I'm trying, you know, I'm looking at it, but this is not the end of my story, but I get that because he's the one who went through the surgery. Like, right. This is an individual personal thing that Baker just went through as was the season and the injuries in the season and the struggle. So I, I understand that. I, I do think part of it's just the age of social media. It's so easy to do um, nowadays, but you know, it, it is an interesting thought you had. And I, I think the quotes, 
that you and I have mentioned out of his, you know, minute and nine second um, video, uh, I, I do think they speak to, hey, yeah, there's a reason I was bad in 2021. And I expect to be back to myself in 2022. And we can debate how much, how much in reality is based is because of the shoulder, right? How much of his struggles were because of the shoulder. But I'm certain that he wants to put a high, high percentage on that because if not, then you have other things to worry about, right? But if he can say, hey, it was my shoulder, then you can kind of start fresh, have a clean slate going into 2022 and hope to get back to where you, he was at the mm -hmm. end of 2020 when he was playing yeah. at a high level. Yeah, and again, I don't think Baker in his mind actually think, thinks that he sucked, but he knows that it was a – and he admitted it was a rough year and, and things didn't go the, the way he felt. But that, that's just the way I walked away feeling yeah. from it is like he wants everyone to know because we heard every week how he was healthy enough to play, and that was his decision to play. Right. It was Stefanski's decision to play him. And, you know, we heard every week he was healthy enough to play. But again, I just – no one ever truly felt that he looked 100% healthy. So I just thought that was a strong message for him to visually. He could have made a statement, sure. you know, in, in words, kind of like he did the day before yeah. that, hey, I'm about to have surgery. Right. So I just felt, you know, and again, like you said, it was nice that we were able to see him. But I also just feel like this is also him, and, and you kind of touched on this, and you did, and it's just basically him saying, listen, I'm not done. Yeah. And he needs to protect, I don't want to say his brand necessarily, but I mean, he probably feels like, listen, they didn't give me this big deal. And he's continuing to have to prove himself. And he's basically coming out and just saying, listen, I'm not done yet. The yeah. story is not over. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. Um, and you're right. The visual of him in the sling and the tank top, um, I think I think is strong. And I think he's probably trying to make a point with that. Um, I think you're right. I think there's probably a sense either with him or with his, his people that, Hey, it's not guaranteed. He comes back to the bronze age. So let's put out a positive message, right? Let's, let's show the rest of the NFL that, Hey, I plan on being back to me. I plan on being back to the guy that was the number one draft pick, the Eisner trophy winner, um, it, it, which is fine. And it makes sense. But I, I do think there's probably some, at some level that's part of it as well. So you wrote an article the other day about possible options at quarterback. So let's bring people up to speed and, and, and where you think the Browns are going to go. I, I was thinking a lot about it. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine them thinking they can draft a guy that could just step right in and lead this team to the promised land. And then, you know, it's like you do have a guy in Baker Mayfield that did take you to the playoffs. So, you know, it, it is possible he's done it. And then you think about all the possible free agents that are out there and it's like, you know, would any of them want to come to the Browns? I guess my question is if it's not Baker, who is it? Yeah. I would say that, first of all, I think the default is Baker, right? For many of the reasons you mentioned, the fact that they picked up the fifth year option on his rookie contract for 2022, which is guaranteed for almost $19 million, right? So you're paying a guy $19 million, it would make sense that he starts a quarterback for you. Um, I'm not sure it will be easy to find an update, right? I, I guess that's the bottom line for me. If you're Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, I think you say, okay, if we can do better than Baker, let's go do better than Baker because he didn't play well. We're not guaranteed that he will play well. Um, he's been inconsistent throughout his career. 
So if we can find somebody at the most important position in all sports who's better, let's go do that. But that's easier said than done, right? I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming here. I'm not sure he leaves Green Bay. I don't think Russell Wilson's coming here. Now, if they are, or if they're willing to, and you can figure it out, then yes. Then obviously you go get those guys and you move on from Baker. I think more realistic is there's other options that feel more realistic to me. And then you have to weigh, okay, are those guys, in fact, better than Baker Mayfield? Um, and, and I think it's an interesting discussion. I know it's a polarizing topic because you can look at 2020 and say, well, Baker played at a borderline elite level over the last, whatever, eight, nine, 10 weeks. And he won a playoff game, right? So you have that in the back of your mind. But also you have this year, which wasn't all because of the shoulder, in my opinion. And that's the freshest in my mind, right? Bad decisions, holding the ball, um, you know, not seeing the field, right? Things that, that are unrelated to the shoulder, right? Andy, least... Andy's, had, Andy's had two years of doing that. I mean, we've, right? I mean, it's right. not like we've only seen one bad year. Right. Well, Andy's he's been up and down, right? He played pretty well as a rookie, bad in 2019. Right. Good yeah. for a half or two times. So it's been inconsistent. He's never put together like a complete great season. He's never been to the Pro Bowl, right? So I think there's plenty of reasons to doubt Baker. And, you know, you look around the league, you say, well, you know, here, for instance, Jimmy Garoppolo, he took the Niners to the Super Bowl, right? Well, he was on this. He was a starter for the Niners team that went to the Super Bowl. It was, you know, a deep Patrick Mahomes play away from winning the Super Bowl. Well, Kyle Shanahan, the coach, is already ready to move on from him. He traded up to draft Trey Lance number three last year. So just because you had some level of success does not mean it's sustainable and repeatable. And we can say the same thing. It's not the same level, but maybe it is. Derek Anderson had a Pro Bowl year in 2017 or 2007, 2007, right? He was never the same quarterback. And he's, from a throwing perspective, probably just as gifted or more gifted than Baker from an arm talent wise. Um, he wasn't able to replicate that. So, you know, there's there, not that Baker's a flash in the pan, but the, I guess the point is you need consistency and there's plenty of guys that are proven over a length of time, a period of time, not to be consistent enough. And that's what separates the Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's right. Because they do it year in and year out. And we just haven't seen that from Baker. So having said that, I would say, you know, we we can break down the options, right? I'm with you. I don't think they draft a guy at number 13. Could they draft a guy in the second round and have him as a backup plan if Baker fails in 2022 and maybe this guy's the answer in 2023? I think that's a possibility. Um, I'm ruling out Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers for a variety of reasons. Um, so then, to me, it's a guy like, is Kirk Cousins an upgrade? He, similar system. He knows Kevin Stefanski. Minnesota just blew it all up. With They fired their coach. They fired their GM. He's in the last year of his contract. Is that a guy that the Browns would say, hey, we believe that he is that much better than Baker Mayfield, that he's worth going and getting and paying more than Baker's work than more than Baker's scheduled to be paid. Right. So I think that's an option. What do you think about Kirk Cousins? Man, I don't know. He, you know, he, he has his moments. I, I don't feel 
going to be all right. Yeah. So what do you think about Cousins? Yes. I'll tell you, Cousins on back and forth. I mean, he's definitely showed that, you know, he can be a winner. And, yeah, Scott, I definitely have mixed feelings on him. I, I, I think he's a tough numbers. I don't know, though. I, I feel like for the chains, like if, if you've watched him enough, it's it's like he's always like a yard short or yeah. a, a, a play away for being great. And I feel like he's a guy that would come in and probably win you some games and and have you there. But I think at the end of the day, you'd be breaking down why he just can't get you over the hump. And, and then you'd feel like you're back at the same spot. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like Minnesota underachieves in, in, in many ways. They have a ton of talent there. And I, and I just can't figure it out. And I don't, do you remember, wasn't it him that, where he walked up under the guard instead of the center? Yeah, that was one. Yeah, you know. yeah I think, I mean, I think. Yeah, so, making, I mean, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, you make a good point, Chad, with all those things. You know, and I talked to Kurt Warner earlier this year, and Kurt Cousins was one of the guys he brought up, kind of with the comparison to Baker, that maybe you get to a point with a guy and you just know he's not good enough to get you where you need to go. And that's winning a Super Bowl. And he said Washington made that decision with Cousins, right? They kept franchising him and franchising him and paying him a bunch of money, but they were never convinced that he was going to w- take him to a Super Bowl. And then Minnesota paid him a bunch of money. He's obviously never taken them to a Super Bowl. Puts up good numbers. Um, I, I do think he's an upgrade over Baker. And the question is, how much of an upgrade is he worth if you'd have to trade something um, to get him? Is he worth the money you'd have to pay him? Um, I think straight up, he's better than Baker, though. So I, I think that's an interesting discussion for the Browns to have. And I do think he'll be available. Um, another well, guy – oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what about Garoppolo? I mean, well, the, the, the guy just wins. I mean, may, maybe Shanahan just doesn't feel he's the right guy for his system. But, I mean, he continues to get it done, right? Well, he continues to win games. And, and I will not devalue – quarterback wins you know it's it's a stat that gets debated um I do think there's merit to that stat and I think there's importance to that stat um having said that he's a flawed quarterback um and you saw the ball get away from him in Dallas right the interception that gave the Cowboys a chance to come back when the 49ers had the game I flash back to that Super Bowl run the 49ers made he doesn't make a throw or two in the Super Bowl it's the difference in the game. I, I was at the championship game where they re, they threw it like eight times because Shanahan just said, we're going to run it. And I don't really trust my quarterback. And that feels a little bit like Stefanski and Baker. Um, I'm not convinced that Garoppolo is an upgrade to Baker. And I, I know there's people that study film and have studied film of him more than I have Garoppolo that is. And there's head scratching decisions, not seeing the field right when you need to, um, big mistakes to come back to bite you. So you can make an argument that he'd be an upgrade, and he's certainly interesting. And if he ta- if he you know wins in Green Bay this weekend, um, that's another feather in his cap. And then you know do the 49ers even move on from him? Um, but of the three guys I'm going to talk about in this group, which is Cousins, Garoppolo, and then Derek Carr. Garoppolo is the one that I'm not convinced is even an upgrade over Baker. Wow. Uh, are you telling me you're, you're pro Derek Carr? I, I would trade for Derek Carr in a heartbeat. 
I think wow. he is. I think he is an upgrade over Baker. I think he's a borderline top ten quarterback. I he can throw the deep ball. I think he's smart. I love how he leads, and I think that was on display all season because Vegas had a tumultuous season, and he was out front leading. Um, you know, fumbles too much. I have questions about him playing in the cold, which obviously we know that that's important in Cleveland. Um, but I, I think he is, yeah, I, I think he is, I don't know, significantly might be too strong. I think he's clearly better than Baker, or at least how he's played clearly better than Baker has played at any point in his career. He was an MVP candidate a couple of years ago before he broke his leg late in the season. Uh, I, I just really like Derek Carr in I think if you could get him, and who knows, right? They're, they might they, – I mean, they fired their GM. Mike Mayock had fired. Who knows? Do they bring in Jim Harbaugh and he wants to start over, right? That's completely possible. Uh, I think Carr would be a great fit in Stefanski's system. I think he's athletic enough. Uh, I think it would be a no-brainer if you could do it. Now, it depends on, you know, how you could make the money work and he would need a contract extension, how much – would you have to give up? Other teams are going to be interested, right? The Colts need a quarterback. Steelers need a quarterback. There's plenty of teams that need quarterbacks. But if the Browns could get Derek Carr for a price that was acceptable to Andrew Barry and Paul DePodesta, I would do that. Do you have Carr's numbers in front of you? Or do yeah. you, do you I'm, I'm trying to think about him as far as being a winner. And, and also touchdowns. I, I know he yeah. throws a bunch of yards, but I yeah. feel like the, the touchdowns aren't always there. Yeah, let, let me look it up, Chud. Hey, um, we're still recording here. Yeah, he's Chud's driving. Um, he's making a trip, <laughs> so he's breaking up a little bit just for uh, people, but you're not missing, you know, we're getting the crux of it for sure. Um, he's 57 and 70 as a starter. Um, three and 13 is his rookie. So he's almost 500 since then. Um, 12 and three in 2016, that had to be the year that he was a MVP candidate. Um, 65% completion for his career. He had 70% in one year, which might've led the league was close. Um, 193 touchdowns to 85 interceptions. So more than two to one. Uh, his quarterback rating is 92.4. He's had two seasons above 100, two of the last three seasons. And he's really good in the fourth quarter. I don't know if you saw that stat. It was during the playoff game. I think the stat was with a chance to go score a touchdown to tie a game or tie or win when you needed a touchdown, not a field goal, he was above 50%. And that's amazing. He had four fourth quarter comebacks in 2015 alone. He had seven in 2016. So – the guy can, I think the guy can do it under pressure. I think his arm's big enough. I like how he throws a deep ball. I like all the things I said. Now, I don't know if he'll be available. I don't know if the Browns could win, you know, a bidding war. Um, maybe they just want to go with Baker. But of all the quote-unquote realistic options out there, he's at the top of my list. You got me in my uh, back on? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um well, I, I'll tell you, I, I just – I've gone back and forth on him over the years, and I think that's – you know, I, I need to really 
really think about it longer before I make a, an official yay or nay on them. Cause I was leaning towards nay, but you, you make so many good points that, you, you know, I, I think you've sold me, but I, <laughs> I, I need to think about it more. And that's funny. Back to Garoppolo, yeah. while I totally understand the deficiencies and all those things that you said about him, there's just something about a winner. Yeah. And there's something about, I just feel like they could plug him into the system with their running game and their offensive line. And I just feel like it might mesh. And that's yeah. all I'm thinking about. Whereas, you know, I just don't know. I'm, I, I'm trying to visualize Carr as the Browns quarterback. Yeah. And I need more time to really <laughs> analyze that, Scott, before I give my okay on it. I hear you. That, that's, that's fair <laughs> enough. That's fair enough. And, and you're right about Garoppolo fitting in with this system. I mean, they run – Shanahan runs almost the same system as Stefanski does. So it would not be difficult. They'd be running the same stretch plays and the bootlegs. Um, so there would not be a big learning curve at, at all for Garoppolo. Um, real quick before I get to the last category of – quarterback talk you said yay or nay and it just reminded me my wife hates when I say yay or nay but if I give her an ultimatum you know are we watching this yay or nay I am no longer allowed to say that she doesn't like it um but the last the last category of guys right you have the draft picks you have the quote-unquote upgrades right you probably have to trade to get these guys um the three we just mentioned then you have okay what about a guy that can come in Baker's still your starter but he gives you an option. He gives you a plan B if Baker struggles again. Um, a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who we know is the number two overall pick, had good and bad moments in Chicago, backed up Josh Allen in Buffalo this year, but it's a one-year deal, so he's going to be free agent. So you don't have to trade anything for him, right? You just get him. Marcus Mariota, former number two overall pick like Trubisky. He's backing up Derek Carr. Um, you know, he can come in and he's a guy that, you, I think you can say it's not a competition. Baker's the starter, but if you need to make a move, you have a guy that has some upside and has some starting experience. And it's similar, and, uh, you know, people have talked about this. It's similar to what the Titans did when they had Mariota. Mariota went into his fifth-year option without a long-term extension. And there's only been a couple of guys to do that who have not been extended when they go into the fifth year. It's Mariota and Jameis Winston, both in that same class. Winston was one, Mariota was two, and Baker's entering the same thing, right? He's going to enter his fifth year without an extension. Well, Mariota played six games and was benched for Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill, who had started in Miami, was a former top 10 or 12 pick, and the Titans traded for him. I think they traded it. I think they traded for him um, to be the backup knowing that, well, if Mariota busts out, we have another option. Um, so, and then Winston played out his fifth-year option, started all 16 games, and then Tampa Bay moved on from him and wound up going to get Tom Brady. So neither of those guys signed extensions. That doesn't mean Baker can never sign an extension with the Browns. doesn't mean they can't franchise him. But if you're looking at history um, in the last 10 years since they've had the fifth-year option on the rookie contract, they're the only two guys to play it out, and then neither of them were brought back from the, their team. But what do you think of the op an option like that? A Trubisky, a Mariota, a Teddy Bridgewater, who would clearly come in as second fiddle to Baker, but have starting experience, and you could turn to 
if necessary. Those are the three options? Those are the three guys that I think are the best fits for the Browns. Okay. I like this. All right. Number one, I actually think this is a pretty good idea. And I like it because you're paying big, lose you again. No, you're good. You're, you're in and out, but you're good now. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I apologize. I Again, I, I like this option. And Baker's 19 million. Is that right? It's got yep. 18, 19 just under million. Nine, just under 19. Just, just under 19. So you go with Baker. I like that. Perhaps he shines and, and you get the best out of him. And, and he wins and everything's great, right? Yep. And if he doesn't, you have that insurance backing him up, like you said, it also brings it in for a little competition because let's be honest, Baker hasn't earned to not have some competition. So if you don't go that other route, if you can't find that elite quarterback or someone you think that can take you to the playoffs of the Super Bowl, like those other guys we mentioned, and yeah. I don't know if any of them can, maybe sure. they can, right? right? And there's not someone in this draft class that can just come in right away. And I, I have I'm okay with also drafting guy that can be your future guy. I like that, like in the second round or later, something like that. So I'm with, I, I like that option as well. I do kind of like this option, Scott. And I, I think that that could work. It happened in Tennessee, just like you said. Now I'm going to answer the three guys. Bridgewater, not interested. Mariota, absolutely not. I would go with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I like that angle. I think that's, yeah. that's, um, I think there's potential there for that guy to uh, succeed still in the NFL. I think we've seen enough of Bridgewater. We know what he can do. I, I, I mean, Denver gave him the shot. And that Denver's a playoff team if they get a quarterback, in my opinion. And yeah. Bridgewater just wasn't that guy. And Mariota, I, I just – I don't know. I, I can't imagine him being the answer. So, I like the idea. I like one of your three options. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you there, Chad. I, I think – you know, I think Bridgewater is probably an upgrade over Case Keenum. Um Maybe it's a slight upgrade. He has experience with Stefanski as well. Mariota, what's intriguing there is he's really athletic, right? The Raiders used him a bunch in the Wildcat. Um, he can probably, you know, I think he's a better athlete than Baker. I know he's a better athlete than Baker. You know, can he get outside the pocket? Can he run the Stefanski offense? And maybe that sparks something in him, perhaps. But of these three guys, um, I I'm with you about Trubisky. Uh, I think I think there's still a chance that he could salvage his career. He had good moments with Chicago. He's a really good athlete. Um, so I think there's something intriguing about that. And, and I'm with you. You know, right? Baker has not been good enough to say there's no competition, right? Like he hasn't earned that in my estimation, like you said. So, and I, and I guess if I'm the Browns, I would not feel comfortable going into 2022 saying, yeah, Baker's the guy, period. We're going to, you know, live or die with Baker. Like, just – and I know the shoulder had, was a factor, but just having watched him play this year, um, it, it feels like you need a plan B and you need a contingency and you need him on the roster if Baker struggles again for whatever reason. Because, you know, you don't want to waste another year of – a roster that's, in my opinion, 
playoff worthy, right? Playoff caliber should be in the playoffs. And it doesn't happen because your quarterback didn't play well enough. And when I say quarterback, because Baker didn't play well enough, right? So if you started, if you said, hey, we're just running it back with Baker and Keenum and Baker struggles again and Keenum's not really an upgrade, then it, it feels like you just wasted 2022. And not that Trubisky would necessarily be the answer or Bridgewater or whoever that guy would be. You know, I mean, Jameis Winston could be in that discussion. You know, is Garden Minshew in that discussion? My point is, I would like the plan B. I really would. And if that comes from the second or third round of the draft, I could live with that too. I just, and what do you think, Chad? Are you comfortable with just saying it's going to be Baker and Case Keenum next year? And No, right? no, okay. no, no. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, and it goes to show you, you talk about you don't want to waste another year. It, it's that's the NFL. I mean, you either have a quarterback or you don't. And if you I heard you, uh, I heard you on Baskin and Phelps the other day. Nice job, by the way, as always. Um, and you had mentioned that, that, you, you know, you said something about teams searching for quarterbacks and you, you watching the playoffs. And you know what? Maybe that's part of what I said at the beginning. I was I, osmosis. I was thinking about what you said on Baskin and Phelps and that's what got me thinking about it. You know, if you have a quarterback, you know, it just shows the difference between the haves and the haves not have nots. And um, I, what a story that would be. The kid from mentor right. comes to the Browns. <laughs> oh, could you I imagine? Well, you know, right. I mean, and there'd be a Bernie, lot of pressure on LeBron. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there'd be a lot of pressure, but I mean, he was the number two pick in the draft. I know some people within the organization liked him then. Right. I mean, Miles Garrett wound up being the pick. And, you know, Trubisky looks like a bad pick when you consider sure. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were picked after him, right? Um, uh, but thank it, goodness they but did it, what they did. <laughs> right, right. But it wasn't, but it wasn't a – I guess the point – like, the fact that the Bears traded up a spot to get him was bizarre. But drafting him was not bizarre. And him being the number one quarterback that year was not bizarre. I mean, I watched a lot of film that year because the Browns needed a quarterback. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know – and I liked Mitch. I mean, it wasn't a no-brainer to take him, but he was in that discussion. I'll tell you what, and this is a black mark on my scouting resume, I, I did not like Patrick Mahomes. Everything was off schedule. Like, you watch him play, and it was like I couldn't even visualize him in the NFL because it was just frenetic, and he's running around like a crazy person. Kind of reminded me of Johnny, right? Everything's weird and not in the on rhythm and on schedule, and he turns out to be – you know, a future Hall of Famer. So I was completely wrong about that. The Chiefs hit it on the head. My point is, coming into that draft, I mean, teams passed up on Mahomes, right? The Browns passed up on Mahomes. And if you knew it was going to be Patrick Mahomes, you take him ahead of Miles Garrett. So in a what winds up looking like a good quarterback class, it was not ludicrous for the Bears to take Mitch Trubisky, which means he had plenty of good film um, coming out of Carolina. Scott, you said about your wife, she doesn't allow you to say yay or nay. Yep. As your podcast partner, I will no longer allow you to bring up Johnny Manziel. Okay, fair enough. Please, please don't do that again. No, fair enough. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting interesting points on uh, Mahomes. I, I don't think you were alone on that. And, uh, you know, I mean, that there's, there's plenty of quarterbacks that in college people don't peg and they come out to be incredible in, in, in the yeah. pros. So it, it happens. It's just finding that guy, exactly. you know? Yeah, exactly. So, well, cool. Are we ready to talk uh, playoffs? Or? Yeah. Do you have the spreads in front of you or do I need to find them? <clears throat> um, no, I can, uh, I can pull them up. Uh, I'll see if they've changed. I know that uh, 
So we got the first game is uh, Titans at home minus three and a half over the Bengals. Second game, Packers minus five and a half over the 49ers. Then you got the Buccaneers minus three over the Rams and the Chiefs minus two and a half at home over the Bills. So that's wow. pretty much been this. I've seen, I'd say half a point or a point on some of those, but that's pretty uh, the way it's been all week yeah. uh, for the mo- for the most part. But uh, before we get to the picks last week, what'd you think? Um, it was, uh, I-, I thought it was for the most part exciting. Uh, there was a couple games uh, that were blowouts, but uh, it was a good week. It went, it went well. I thought so. I mean, people, I mean, you had a great week picking, Chud, but people were complaining that there were a lot of lopsided games. Like, that didn't bother me. Yeah, I no. thought the games were exciting. I think they, they were close enough, um, late enough, right? Um, it didn't bother me. And I, I will say, I did not watch. I, I turned off the Bills game at some point because it was Saturday night. Uh, we watched a bunch of football already, and it was 28 nothing or whatever it was at halftime. And my wife was stunned. I said, hey, we can actually watch something else because we know how this game is going to end. Um, but I stuck with – I <laughs> right. watch every other game. Right. You know, I watch every other game. Yeah, the, the only – the only yeah, the only one that I thought was kind of the Eagles-Buccaneers. Um, yeah. You know, just that, that – the Bills one, I, I just liked seeing them pour on points. That was kind of fun. <laughs> um, and then I had to go to bed uh, halftime of the Steelers game, so I didn't see the second half. But uh, – other than that, I saw watching it or listening as well. I mean, it was, you know, it was somewhere in the vicinity. Yeah, um, I was, but I, I was, that, the Cowboys was my. Yeah. Well, that was your pick, right? I mean, that was your pick. The Niners, you liked them, and I understood that. Uh, I just thought Dak was going to play well, and he did. I didn't think Dak played well. I didn't think they protected him nearly enough. The Niners got too much pressure, and that changed a lot in that game. Um, of course, they still have a chance at the end, right? And that what a crazy, yeah. what a crazy finish. Um, but that was a good Terrible pick by you. Play. Yeah, but that was a good pick by you. I, I was stunned. Like eight and a half for the Eagles. I, I thought they'd be able to run it. The you know the Bucks are missing their guys, their receivers, and the Eagles are just bad. Jalen Hurts is bad. The Eagles are bad. Yeah, that was a that was a stud. Yeah, I I I think I told you. That I, I just thought I'd cover that spread. That was a path down the stretch to get into the playoffs. Tom Brady versus Hurts. Yeah. I mean, it just, I, I had a feeling that that was the one where uh, you asked me which one I felt most comfortable about. And I think it was either that one or the Bengals. Um, now the Bengals almost lost. I mean, you know, they, they could have if, if, if the Raiders get in the end zone there and force overtime. So that one, I, I thought the Bengals would win by more. So I, I was a little bit off on that. They did cover though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I ended up going five and one against the spread. Uh, I wish I was in Vegas betting Scott. Oh my gosh. No but, kidding. Uh, That's yeah. Huge. Five and one. My only loss was the Steelers and they were up 19 and a half to nothing after, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, obviously the chiefs just poured it on. Um, and then I went six and oh, straight up. Yeah. That's so impressive. It, Chug. It, it was a nice week. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now this week I'll go. Oh, and four. Yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> bound to happen. I'll tell you what, there's not a game that I love the spread, you know, like there's not a game I look at and go, Oh my gosh, I know exactly who I'm going to pick in this game. Yeah. I, I, I think, which tells you why, which points to, I think they should be really good games. Um, you know, they're all close. I mean, the 
the Packers game is the biggest spread at whatever, five and a half or six. Um, I, the one I'm surprised about, I, I'm a little surprised that Tennessee is whatever it is, two and a half, three, three and a half over Cincinnati. Um, three and a half. Yeah. yeah I, I'm a little surprised at that. And, you know, and I, I haven't completely decided where I'm going to go with these. You know, we're going to have to make that decision in the next couple of minutes. But <laughs> right. like when I was in my head, like, you know, you kind of picked the spreads ahead of time. Um, I thought the Bengals might have been favored by a point or two. Uh, and maybe that's prisoner of the moment. You know, I saw him play Saturday. Um, I know Derrick Henry's supposed to come back and that could change. The Bengals are dealing with some injuries. So I get it. There's some matchup problems there. Um but, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are pretty darn good. Yeah, it's a, it's Henry back, probably home field, mm-hmm. top seed. Uh, yeah. And and also, let's be honest, I mean, the Bengals didn't I, – again, I thought the Bengals would win by more. And I, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going on that one either, which makes it tough because that's our first pick. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'd say there's one game where I feel somewhat comfortable on the spread, and it hurts me because I love Debo and the Niners. Yeah. But I, I would say just because the Packers haven't lost at home this year, uh, it's going to be like two degrees. I just think that Aaron Rodgers, somehow in the end, they cover that one. Uh, again, though, I wouldn't be surprised if next week we're talking and the Niners won right. because I think every game could go either way. I don't think there's a, a guarantee. But if I had to pick one, that's probably the one that I would say closest to. I agree with I agree with all that. I like um, – I agree with you. I know – there's matchup issues there too, right? You look at the Niners can run it and the Packers aren't great at stopping the run. Do they load up the box to try to make Jimmy G beat you? Probably. Um, I love the Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo um, discrepancy, right? So much comes down to quarterback play in the playoffs. Um, I think that's an easy way to pick games. Not the, you know, not that it's necessarily completely reliable, but you know, if you think there's a decided advantage to a quarterback, I usually lean that way, and I think there is in that matchup. So I'm with you. That's the one game that, you know, if you're loading up on a game, um, if I were loading up on a game, that's probably it. Yeah. But in the back of your head going, well, if the Niners get ahead and they can rush the passer because they can do that, um, and Bosa comes back. I don't know if Bosa's playing or not. He had the concussion the other day. Um you know, you can come – it's not that hard to come up with a five things the Niners need to do to beat the Packers. You, you can do that, right? Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, but I would take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home minus six. So why don't we just start with that game then and yep. just say I, I, I think we're both on board with the Packers. Again, it pains me because if uh, <laughs> I don't buy – I don't buy Jersey, Scott, but if I did, it would be Debo Samuel. How good I love, is he? Oh my God. I love watching, isn't he? I love watching that guy. And the fact that they've found a way to make him a running back and a receiver, it's incredible. Um, I just, I just think that, you know, the, like you said, in this game, you look at the quarterbacks and it's just such a big discrepancy between Rodgers and almost, most quarterbacks, right? But well, yeah. Rodgers and Garoppolo, uh, that home that home field edge. If the Packers get the lead, I, I think they can rely on that running game too. If, if they have to with uh, Jones and Dylan, and I just think that uh, it's just hard for me to imagine San Francisco because let's be honest, they've had to play big games a, a bunch of weeks in a row, right? They had to win to yeah. get in, then they had to go to Dallas and win. I mean, it's tough to keep that going. Now maybe that momentum rides them through, but you know all of the elements traveling across country, the cold weather. Uh, Packers had a bye. 
uh, to so many things. It's, it's, I, I would be surprised if, if Rogers doesn't pull it off. And I think that in Vegas, a lot of people will look at that and think, Oh, well, the Niners just beat the, the Cowboys. I'm taking that five yeah. and a half. That's a no brainer. And that's why I'm going to take the Packers minus five and a half. Yeah, I, no, I'm with you. I agree. I think this could be the Packers year. Um, I got to go back and look at my Super Bowl picks because for like the last six years, I picked the Packers uh, and I picked Aaron Rodgers to win MVP and he's, he hasn't done it. So I, I might have gone away from it this year. I'm going to have to go look um, and it'll be the year that he wins MVP again and um, they go back to the Super Bowl. So um, I think they're they're my favorite right now to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. So I'm certainly not having them lose um, to San Francisco at home. So we're on the same page there. Then yep. Tennessee, Tennessee, Cincy, Chud. It's Can, you know. Go ahead, let's go ahead. come back to that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's save that one. Let, let's go. Uh, let's go the other NFC game. Let's go NFC, NFC, then AFC, AFC. How about that? Yeah. Okay. So we got LA, the Rams at Tampa. Yeah. Um, you said it was three, three points. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. Let me look again. Uh, Tampa Bay minus three. Yeah. Um, I get. I, I, I have a feeling that Tampa is going to get knocked off in maybe that's blasphemy with Tom Brady. And I'm not seeing this game. I mean, before the Super Bowl, um, maybe it's blasphemy with Tom Brady should never pick against him. He's having an MVP caliber year. They've had a lot of stuff to deal with. Uh, you know, Chris Godwin's not playing. Obviously Antonio Brown's not playing. Uh, Fournette might be back this week. What, you know, didn't play last week. It, it just felt like Tom Brady, was frustrated with his receivers, you know, outside of Mike Evans, you look around and it's guys that he doesn't have a lot of experience with, maybe a lot of confidence in. Um, and that's tough for him. And if you're the Rams and you can put pressure on the quarterback, which they can with, with uh, Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Floyd's out there too. Right. And I know Tampa Bay's got a good offensive line, but worse went out last week. Um. It just it feels like a matchup issue for Tampa. Jalen Ramsey can lock down Mike Evans. So then where does where does Brady go with the ball? You know, probably Gronk, right? So if you're the Rams and you put a lot of guys on Gronk and make him go somewhere else, um, not that Tom Brady can't do it. And you know, the one thing I think is in Tampa's favor, besides being at home, the Rams played Monday night and then they got to fly cross country and play Sunday, right? So it's a little bit of a short week. Um, but I'm going to take the Rams. I like, to, you know, I, I like getting three. I don't love the, you know, is Stafford capable of throwing two picks and costing them the game? Yes. But I thought he played well against the rate against the Cardinals. The Cardinals played terrible, but Stafford played pretty well. I, I Let me interrupt you real quick yeah, here, Scott. Yeah. Do you think that line would be higher if it weren't for the injuries and some of this doubt that you talked about? Like, wouldn't your first reaction be that they'd be like minus five or six? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's. I think you're right about that. Um, I don't know. There's just something like I just have a sneaking thing that Tampa's not going to get it done this year. And maybe, maybe it'll be next week in Green Bay where they wind up losing. Maybe they go to Green Bay and win again, and Tom Brady writes another story. Um, but I like a lot of I like a lot of pieces on the Rams, and if Stafford doesn't kill them. Uh, I, I like their chances. So, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the Rams and, uh, you know, I am worried about the short week, but I, I just think they, you know, Tom Brady, how do you beat Tom Brady? You pressure him. 
and you pressure him up the middle and you got the best guy in history or the best guy last best guy in the last 30 years and Aaron Donald run it rushing up the middle. Um, I think there's ways for the Rams to make life really difficult on Tampa Bay. So I'm going to take the Rams. Wow. Well, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that are, you're not only taking the Rams and the points, you're picking them to win straight out. Is it straight up? I am. I am. You are. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, you know, if I were betting it, I would take the points. I would bet the money line because I like that wiggle room, but I think they're going to win that game. I think the Rams are going to win. Wow. Okay. I, I, and I don't know, I don't think it really deserves a wow necessarily because I think there's a lot of people that agree with you. But at the end of the day, though, Scott, think about what you're doing. You are taking Matt Stafford over Tom Brady. Okay. I just, I, I want you to let that marinate for 10 seconds before yeah. I lock this in. <laughs> well, if I keep thinking about it, I'm going to change my mind, Chuck. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not think about it and stick with um, my pick. And, you know, I've yeah. bet against, you know, I've not bet, but I've picked against Tom Brady before and been burned. Um, but he also lost, it's not like he's never lost a big game, right? They lost a couple of Super Bowls. Um, they didn't always go to the Super Bowl. I know his record's unbelievable. I'm not saying anything against it. I'm just saying right. he's lost games in the playoffs, so this would not be like unprecedented. I um, boy, I, I you know I said wow and all these things, and I'm bringing up all these examples. I think this is the second toughest game for me to pick. Uh, I I feel I feel pretty comfortable going with two of my picks. And then two of them, I'm kind of back and forth. And th- this is one where I, I totally can see your point and can see the Rams winning it and all of the things the Buccaneers are dealing with. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to take Tom Brady over Matthew Stafford. I'm okay. going to take the defending champs. I'm going to take the home field. And I'm also going to take the fact that, again, I, I think that I just – I think the spread should be more. Yeah. And I, I just there's, – there's something that's – I think leaning people towards the Rams like you're doing. And I just think at the end of the day, Brady's going to find a way. I do agree with you that Brady is not going to win the Super Bowl. Now, listen, if he does, are we going to sit there and say, I can't believe it? No, we'll be like, it's Tom Brady. Right. So I do think that it maybe catches up and and the time is, has come for them, but I'm going to pick them to win this game. And I'm also at this point going to say they cover as well, which I think is, is a little bit of a stretch, but, I'm going to go that route right now and just say that the, uh, at the end, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tight game. And I say this all the time, right. Sure. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a three point game and then Tampa scores at the end to make it 10 or something. Yeah. I, I just, or, or they're up by four and kick a, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just think it, it's going to be very tight until the end. You brought up the cross country. You know, I brought that up with uh, the other game with San Francisco. Um, I just, I can see the Rams that, you know, if you watch them a few times this year, they just they kind of like beat themselves at times. And I, I, I could see that being the case in this one. So I'm going to go Tampa. OK. All right. So then I know what you want to say for the end. So give me your uh, you go first on this one. Give me your uh, Chiefs Bills breakdown. And I'm just going to say I think this is the best game of the weekend. Oh, best game of the week. And for sure. And can we just say this is the AFC title game? I mean, that's how I feel. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that for sure. I think whoever wins. Yeah, whoever wins wins AFC. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I think I, there, there's there's no question in my mind that whoever wins this game is going to the uh, is going to the Super Bowl. So, um, so you know, last week we made our Super Bowl picks, right? And yeah. uh, 
I went Buffalo and, and uh, Green Bay. And I'm, I'm, I have to pick Buffalo to win this game in order for Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> well, that's some and logic there, buddy. That's some logic. And I guess I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it simply because I do think it could go either way. I mean, what is the line? Two and a half. Yeah. Um, it, you know, Kansas City, they showed, you know, now Buffalo is not the Steelers, clearly. But Kansas City showed that when they want to pour it on, they can pour it on, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if that happens and, and that locomotive gets going, then uh, there's no doubt that, um, you know, Kansas City wins this game. But I just think, you know, Josh Allen, now they played in the AFC Championship game last year, right? Yeah. And uh, I just think that, you know, Allen, how many times do we see it in sports? You know, Michael Jordan had to get by the Pistons, you know. Uh, at, you know, many great athletes have a team that they just have to get by. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go with the fact that, you know, Josh Allen didn't get by him last year and he's going to get by him this year. So I'm, I'm going to go Bills and uh, in a tight one, clearly. Uh, and obviously they're getting points, so I'm taking the points. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to um, go back on something I said last week. I think I picked Chiefs Packers. I think I want chalk. Um, I'm going to pick Buffalo in this game, Chud. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was really impressed by what the Bills did against the Patriots. I think you're right about having to get over the hump. Um, I like – I mean, Kansas City's defense has been playing really well. Their offense has been way better lately, but still is – has some hit or miss in it. Um, I think Buffalo's defense, the back seven is good. You can make – try to make life hard on Patrick Mahomes. Um, it'll be interesting. You're going to see about 100 passes, right? Because Buffalo doesn't run it, and the Chiefs don't run it a bunch. And I think um, Edward Solaire is still out. At least he was last week, and I don't think they're expecting him to play. Um, I know McKinnon had a good game for him. I was impressed by him Sunday night. But it's, it's hard to go to a Super Bowl three straight years. It just really is. And I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes. It's just tough to do. And I don't love picking against Mahomes because I he's great, and it's tough to win an Arrowhead. But it just feels like the Bills' time, and I know that I picked Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl this year because I thought they're going to beat the Browns in the AFC title game. So um, I'm going to take Buffalo, and I think it's going to be a phenomenal game with a ton of points scored. Hey, I can't wait for it. So now your Super Bowl pick is Buffalo Green Bay. Yeah. So we're we're yeah, both so on, on the, the same, same page, page there. there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so far we're, uh, let's see, we're agreeing on, uh, two, two out of three, Yep. two out of three so far. All right. So, uh, that brings us to the last game. It's actually the first game, but I think this is the most difficult one to pick. I really do. Um, I, uh, boy, this is tough. So we got Titans minus three and a half. It's the first game on Saturday at four 30. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going back and forth on it. I'll go first here. I, I also will say this. We're taping this on Thursday. Yep. And, you know, I, I think if we reserve the right to change this pick, if, if we need to, I, I don't think I'm going to change any of my other three. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to stick with those. But this one, I could see a couple things over the next few days where I might think about it and be like, you know what? I, I, I've changed my mind. But you know what? I'm going to go Bengals and I'm going to obviously take the points and I'm going to go with this logic here. I was, I'm so impressed with Joe Burrow that I think Burrow is going to get his team to the AFC championship game. 
and then he's going to lose. And then he's going to have to be like Josh Allen and then get over the hump. And I'm simply picking the Bengals solely on Joe Burrow. And that is the only reason because they should have beat the Raiders by more. I don't trust their defense. I don't think they're necessarily a better team than Tennessee. And, but you know, I don't know if Tennessee's home field scares me all that much and I'm going to go. I think Burrow's the better quarterback and I'm, I'm definitely taking the points. And I think I'm picking the Bengals to win it. Yeah, I get that. I think he's better than Tannehill, but I don't think it's – I don't think it's as big as the other discrepancies we talked about. And part of that's just because Burrow's still young. Um, I think he's phenomenal. I did my Pro Football Writers of America, um, our ballots, you know, all AFC, all NFL. Um, he was my all AFC quarterback. I picked him ahead of Mahomes because I thought he had that kind of a year. Um, but I also think Tannehill is respectable and good and has been in no the playoffs doubt. before. No um, doubt. The concerns, my initial thought was Bengals, right? I told you, I thought they should have been, I thought they were going to be favored. So my initial thought is Cincinnati. Um, cause they can come back, right? If, if Tennessee gets up early, the Bengals can throw it 55 times and come back. If the Bengals get up early, it's harder for the Titans to come back, right? They don't have that passing game that the Chiefs and the um, Bengals and the Packers, right? The Bucks, like the best teams have those passing games and I don't, and Tennessee doesn't. So that scares me because I can, if they fall behind 14, nothing, it's, oh my gosh, you know, can they come back? Um, so that worries me, but I like some of the matchups. I like the Titans front against the Bengals offensive line, which is not very good. It struggled again against the Raiders. Um, Burrow, I think, was sacked the most in the league. Um, so I like that matchup. I like Tennessee running the ball against Cincinnati, especially Larry Ogunjobi is done for the year. He had surgery yesterday or today. Um, you know, he's they're starting D tackle. Him and Reader, now Reader's playing, but you miss your starting D tackle. That hurts. Um, so yeah, this is a tough one for me, Chud. I, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go Titans. I'm going to go Titans. Um, three and a half is tough. Like, I would not bet this game. No. Um, you know, if I were – if I had – I'm going to – I'll post my picks on Twitter before the games, and I'll make a final decision if I'm taking the whatever the line is, three and a half by then, whatever it is. Because um, I think it will be a close game. But I'm going to take the Titans to win, and because the spread's not huge, I'll take the Titans to cover. Um, but I don't feel great about it because I can easily see Cincinnati winning. So you're going to take the tight, you're going to take the Titans and cover. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Okay. Now you talk about Twitter. Do you like the little mini helmets that I, uh, I do like those. Yeah, (laughs) I do like those. I, you know, somebody, I, I've gotten those for some, some of my nephews, like at Christmas. I think those things are so cool. I, I looked at my wife the other day. I'm like, am I like a little kid right now? I mean, should I be embarrassed? Or, right. uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I like, maybe. Them, I like them. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like uh, it's fun. Kids have fun with them. So yeah. the, the girls like picking them, picking the games as well. So uh, yeah, tough ones though, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, yeah, really. You know, and I mean, I see, you know, I see the Rams going into Green Bay and having a good game, but Green Bay wins. And then I see Buffalo going into Tennessee and beating Tennessee, right? I would also see the Chiefs beating Tennessee. Um, 
it'd be fun, you know, if you saw Cincinnati going to Buffalo, right? That would be a good game. A rematch of Cincinnati-Kansas City from Week 17 would be exciting. So I think we're in for really good games from here on out. Um, and and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the four games we got going this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. And we reserve the right, as we said, to change our picks. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I'm going to try not to, but you never know what happens. So Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Chud, thanks for spending all this time on your drive. Um, I appreciate it. It's a postseason podcast, and it went on. Um, but there's always stuff to talk about. So we got, as long as we got the playoffs to figure, um, we can keep talking. We've got Brown stuff. We can talk potential free agents. We can talk whatever. So um, we'll reconnect next week, you know, at least to talk um, playoffs, and then we'll mix in a little bit of Browns if that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah. We need to either uh, brag about our picks or uh, look. Yeah. Look like idiots. You yeah. Know, one uh, of the two, right? Yeah, exactly. It's probably 50 <laughs> 50 proposition. So, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, no, good, good chat. I appreciate it. Um, have a good trip. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the latest edition of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. And you can read everything I write at brownzone.com. Thanks for listening.